0: Chapter one, part two, why am I writing this book? Well, plain and simple, it's to help y'all. I had to drop that in because I'm in Tennessee. Actually, if I was from Tennessee originally, I'd probably say, it's because I'm fixing to help y'all. But, you know, I grew up in California, so forgive me. Yeah, but look, this is a message from me to you. And I'm trying to help you understand this complex system of addiction treatment. And then I even go into why I'm using easy language, I guess, for lack of a better word. It's not because I don't think people are smart or can't understand it. It's because I know where everyone's busy. So why am I going to try to drop a bunch of $10 words into a text to try to make myself sound smart? Who has time for that? You guys want to read this and understand it uh, to the best of your ability so you can help your loved ones or whatever. Uh, I don't need to sound smart. Uh, I just want to help it help you guys understand what it is that I know. So when I write the book, I'm going to write it in layman's terms because I know that I get annoyed when I try to learn something new, like let's say uh, how to make a podcast because this is my first time doing this. And if I go in and people start dropping a bunch of technical terms, right? That's annoying. I have to go stop and look it up or I'm going to be confused and I'm not going to know what you're talking about and going to feel dumb. So, uh, when I'm talking, I'm talking to you guys, uh, as if you don't know anything about the industry. So I'm trying to actually treat you with respect by doing that because I want you to grasp the knowledge in the book and not feel like you'll never get it because you don't have this background or an education in this subject. You don't need that. So I'm writing it for you guys to help you. I've seen some things and I've seen what works and I've seen what doesn't work in treatment. As I said, I've treated whatever, tens of thousands of people through myself and my employees, the company. So normally a company would consider this like, corporate secrets, you know, company secrets. This is our secret sauce. This is the recipe for the Coca-Cola, right? Um, we're not going to share this with anybody because if other people have it, then we're not going to have our edge. Well, if I was selling some tech device or gadget or something that could improve your life or a software, I could see that. And maybe I would keep those secrets close, but we're talking about life and death right now. We're talking about helping people heal, helping save people's lives who are desperate. Uh, I I would much rather you guys know what I know, uh, that works, whether you choose to apply it or not, you should have all the information that you possibly can have from people who have done it so that you can make an informed decision. So I'm happy to go into that. And I do go into that later in the book. I basically, everything that I know about what works with people, i I will share in this book. And, um, If I don't make as much money because of that, I'm fine with that. If it helps more people because of that, that's what I want. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I want you guys to know that when you go to open a rehab program, a drug and alcohol rehab program, whether this is a residential facility, a detox, an outpatient program, anything like that, pretty much anyone can open a rehab just need you to know that you don't, you don't need to have a license. Uh, you do need to have a license to be opened. But what I mean by that is you don't have to be a doctor with a medical license or a nurse or something like that. You can hire those people. You don't really have to have a whole lot. You probably, they'll probably do a background check. I believe, make sure you're not a a felon on the run or something, but there is not a really, really, uh, difficult vetting process to open a rehab and that's good in some ways because if it was very very difficult then it would be onerous to open rehabs and there's a lot of people that are struggling and need rehab and if you make it so hard to open then people aren't going to do it and then there's not enough beds to treat people so I get that part of it but then you also have people who get it for the wrong reasons easily so what happens is this, right? People open up a rehab and they put up a website and they all claim they're the best, right? Oh, we're the best rehab ever. We're just, you know, A, our features, A, B, and C are, you know, out of the, out of this world. So if you're going around ser- searching for treatments, every place is going to look good, probably as long as they have a good webmaster, good marketing team. So how do you dig in deeper? Well, I want you guys to realize something. When you go to license a rehab program with the government, they're the ones in charge of giving you a license to say that you can operate. They do not ask you, nor do they care about how effective your program is going to be. They don't ask you, well, what type of program are you doing? Because we know some things work better than others. What are you, what are you planning to do there? that's not even a consideration. They don't even ask. They probably assume everyone's doing 12-step because that's what almost everyone does. But they actually don't ask that. They don't say, hey, we want to know what your methods are to make sure that you're going to help people in the most effective way you can. That's, that is never asked. And also, I want you guys to know that there really is no financial incentive to produce good results, to get a better recidivism rate than your competitors. There really is not other than you end up getting a good reputation. Hey, um, this, this place is doing a lot of good work. I see a lot of good people doing well from a reputation there. An insurance company is not going to pay you more money because you get better results. They all talk about value-based care. They talk about, this is the direction they want to go. But the way it is right now in 2023 they do not come to you and say, hey, Dan, I've realized, we, we've we done our math and we've done our studies and we realize your program is really crushing it and we, you know your patients don't have to go back into rehab over and over like these other places we've seen. We're going to increase your rates because you're doing great work. That doesn't happen. It's never happened. Now, we can try to fight for higher rates and I have done that. And I've done outcome studies and I've proven results from a third party for over five years saying, look at our results. We're destroying the, the national average in terms of results. And I've gotten nowhere. I'm not saying I will never get anywhere, but I've gotten nowhere. The insurance companies do not really want to hear it. They want to tell you what your rates are going to be. And that's it. So realize that when you're going rehab shopping, that results are not required by the government agencies to open that rehab, nor are the insurance companies financially incentivizing people to get good results. I don't think it should be that way, but it is. And you need to know that. In fact, if you don't know this, I'll tell you this as well. Behavioral health and addiction treatment specifically has been very popular as an investment with wall street specifically because I mean, the addiction issue doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. In fact, it's getting much worse and addiction treatment facilities can make money. So these private equity groups and investors will come in and want to dump in money into rehabs and let's make a bunch of money guys. Let's open up a bunch of rehabs and make a bunch of money. Hey, this is America. I don't care if people make money. They should make money if they are delivering value to people. And if, you know, if a program is treating people well, doing right by them, look, even if they're not the most successful or they don't get the best results, if they're really in there trying and the team cares and they have compassion and, and they also have Wall Street money behind them, I don't have any problem with that. I really don't. More power to them. But realize that they probably build into their model that people are going to come back again and again and again. Remember what I talked about with cancer, there's more money in treating cancer than curing it. Well, the same applies to addiction. So realize that the, the people that invest in these programs are not necessarily investing in them because they are the best care or they get the best success. It's because they are the most profitable. So if you understand that, you realize that there's some ways to make profit. It's by cutting expenses or raising revenue or whatever. And if they look at two programs and one gets amazing success and almost no one ever comes back to treatment because when they leave, they're done. They've beaten the addiction. They've overcome this. And then there's another program where people are always coming back all the time, but it's more profitable because their beds are full more. What do you think these guys are going to do? These guys are invested in the company because of profits. So I am not trying to call out Wall Street or investors or private equity guys. These are brilliant financial people that know more about how to make money than I probably ever will. And Generally, I'm not much of a fan, to be perfectly honest, of these guys, these private equity guys and investment bankers, not because really we have a philosophical difference, but because they haven't done it, right? They've sort of gone to college and they're really smart, but they've never been an entrepreneur. They've never run a rehab. They've never done it themselves. They've never had to deal with somebody who's doesn't want to check into detox and wants to go steal a car so they can go get their next fix they don't know anything about that and so a lot of times they will make decisions from this ivory tower or this bubble where they say well you should just cut this and this and this and then we'll be that much more profitable well those could be the things that are making your program get better results so anyway i just want you guys to understand that i wrote this book to help you guys understand that. It's really, really important that you understand that if you're gonna send your son or daughter or loved one somewhere to a program, that they're not financially incentivized to get better results. So I do see programs that are um, genuine. They do care about their results. They really want to do a good job. I just don't want you to assume that they all do. And people can be slick marketers. And I want you to not be caught off guard by that. You know, a good way is to look at people's reputations and reviews and things like that. Uh, do your normal research that you would, but just don't assume that everybody's in this to, to create the best program possible. I hope that helps. I don't know if you already knew this or not, but, uh, I believe if you didn't, you should know it because it, to me. It's a very big thing to to know if somebody's in it for the right reasons or not. In fact, I know a good number of people, I hate to say, in the rehab industry who really don't care very much about people. They are They care very much about profits and they drive Ferraris and all that kind of stuff. And they're laughing all the way to the bank while people come back again and again and again through their program for treatment because the families don't know any better. They just think that, well, this program costs a lot of money, so it must be good, right? I don't want you guys to fall into that trap.